Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 464th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Bucks winning their wild-card playoff game over the Philadelphia Eagles down here in Tampa yesterday. And Tom Brady, the GOAT, was the GOAT again. And... Just looked great. The Bucks really were in control. They were up, I believe, at 31 nothing. And uh, as good as Brady was, it was really about the defense yesterday, pitching a shutout for much of the game, and really uh, stifling the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and their running attack. And the weather was pretty crazy here in Tampa on Saturday night into Sunday. Uh, a lot of concern about whether or not Brady would be able to pass, but like everything else, uh, you know, nothing seemed to affect the guy. <laughs> and uh, and the weather certainly quieted down, but it was windy, uh, windy like you read about, even though the rain and whatnot had stopped uh, before kickoff. But the Bucks came right out of the gate and just basically uh, moved down the field to open the game, fast start just what you want, and uh, pretty much controlled the game from there. Um, And again, the defense uh, was starting to show signs of last year's defense that, again, really carried them to the Super Bowl victory. And hard to, you know, kind of hard to say that when you factor in that Tom Brady's the quarterback. But uh, obviously they work in combination. A lot of concern down here about the uh, potential injuries across the offensive line, specifically Tristan Wirfs, who hasn't missed a game for two straight years. He was a rookie last year and has hardly let up a sack against Brady in his first two years in the league, but he left the field, did not return, uh, although he did come back out and sit on the bench for the second half, but uh, he is just the key cog. Uh, protecting Brady's blind side in uh, in everything the Bucks do on offense, period. Um, playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, was expected to go. He did not go. And uh, Ronald Jones, their backup, was, uh, you know, was not 
available either. So they basically ran their third string running back, a name that nobody even knew a couple weeks ago until the injury started. But Keyshawn Vaughn had an excellent game, hard runner. And, of course, the receiving core has been depleted. Chris Godwin out for the year throughout the playoffs. And Antonio Brown no longer with the team. Uh, that's all we need to say about that. Um, so yesterday, it was the Mike Evans show, uh, the star receiver for the Bucks. Uh, he and Brady hooked up on numerous occasions, and that was then filled in with, uh, of course, the tight end contributions. Gronk had a touchdown as wide open in the end zone as it gets, and uh, you know, which is always shocking that they're not covering Gronk's, Gronk certainly in the red zone. And then, uh, you know, some of the guys uh, who, you know, the second and third stringers who have been pressed into service were also making contributions. So uh, the Bucks' offense, all in all, all things considered, looked pretty good. And, of course, the defense was just uh, fantastic, flying all over the field, really bottling up the, uh, you know, the Eagles. And they were the best running team in the league. And again, given the weather, you kind of headed into the game concerned. And that would, with the high winds, would the passing game be effective for the Bucks and Brady? Uh, and we all know that a running game should always be effective. But the Bucks defense put a stop to that. No doubt about it. So my low light of the week is both the New England Patriots and Pittsburgh Steelers getting massacred over the weekend in their wild card games, getting blown out respectively by the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. No surprise, really. Um, the Pats have not been the same team since they got uh, beat down in Indianapolis by the Colts following their bye week, and they ended up losing four of their last five. But nothing uh, even close to being as bad as Saturday night. It was a sad night for Patriot Nation, to put it mildly. Josh Allen just dominated them again. So uh, the last highlight of the season, really, if you don't count the Jaguars game, and no need to count the Jaguars game when they won, when they hung uh, 50-burger on the Jaguars at Gillette. That aside, they just got dominated at the end of the season. Um, and, uh, so the last real highlight of the season was the, the famous, uh, wind game, uh, up in Buffalo, uh, six or eight weeks ago when, uh, the Patriots threw three passes and Belichick had a master game plan and they walked away with the victory from there. The bills went into Gillette and beat them and then beat them down on Saturday night, as we all saw. And the game, the two games were different, the Patriots and the Steelers. The uh, Bills just dominated right from the start uh, on Saturday night and just rolled over them throughout the game. Whereas the Steelers, who snuck into the playoffs, as we all know, and all credit to them, and let me just interject here that, you know, the fact that the Patriots and the Steelers both made the playoffs is a, uh, a testament to the seasons they had and, frankly, their history and uh, their organizations and just getting there. 
But anyway, the uh, Steelers actually, you know, held Kansas City scoreless in the first quarter. They got a defensive touchdown uh, on a fumble and scoop and score by T.J. Watt. Who else? And uh, but it was all downhill from there. As uh, so, the final scores of both the Steelers' loss and the Patriots' loss were eerily similar, although they were different types of games. Um, and Ben. Big Ben, it appears his career is now over, uh, and it's time. What a career, 18 years, tremendous. Uh, he made the playoffs. It's a win, and, you know, the game was not a good way to go out, but the end of the season was a good way to go out in making the playoffs. Quite an achievement against all odds for that Steelers team to get in the playoffs, and, of course, Big Ben's uh, last victory will be against the ultra arch rival Baltimore Ravens to get them in the playoffs. Then they had to sweat it out with the Chargers and the Raiders game last Sunday night. So very exciting to say the least. And that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which of course is the Dallas Cowboys again, mismanaging the clock, but this time it cost them and ended their season that was a great game and an unbelievable finish of course Dak Prescott the 40 million dollar a year quarterback uh, with 14 seconds left in the game and the Niners garden the uh, the outside he chose to run it right up the middle and uh, slid down of course as we all know by now, you have to, the referee has to touch the ball before any play can start. It's been that way, as they've been saying all morning on ESPN since the beginning of time, NFL time. And uh, it was just classic and a reflection of the type of year the Cowboys have had. They also had 14 penalties, uh, a lot of big ones in the fourth quarter to boot. And it was just a crazy, crazy ending. The Jimmy Garoppolo sneak, 49ers quarterback, when uh, basically went too quick, which gave the Cowboys uh, new life when it looked like all was lost. Uh, and that, of course, led to uh, Dak completing, I think, three passes to the sideline, stopping the clock. So they moved a long way in a short time. They had under a minute when they got the ball. And, uh, <clears throat> and it all ended, of course, with... Dak running, not the best decision in the world, just risky, and it turned out to be uh, too risky. So, uh, again, the Cowboys. Uh, season ended, Jerry Jones was not a happy camper. He almost looked in shock in his post-game interview outside the locker room with reporters. And uh, for them to not win a playoff game, given the year they've had, uh, lose at home, uh, especially when you factor in the, the history uh, going back to the 90s of the Cowboys 49ers rivalry. It was just, uh, you know, a bad way to lose. And boy, um, the 49ers, you knew the minute that draw came up that it was going to be a tough matchup for Dallas. The, the 49ers, they're, they're beasts. And I got the feeling they're going to give Aaron Rodgers and the Packers all they can handle. Of course, the 49ers have dominated Aaron Rodgers in the postseason uh, in their recent meetings of the past 10, 12 years. So uh, 
we shall see how that turns out. We're into, and tonight, of course, is the Rams versus the Cardinals from Los Angeles. Winner will advance to come here to Tampa to play the Bucks, And the divisional round for this coming weekend will be all set. And lastly, before we go to break, the PGA show, uh, the largest gathering in golf, is up in Orlando next week. I'm going. Of course, it wasn't held past last year due to the pandemic, but it's on again this year. We're talking a big number here. In the past, there's been thirty to 40,000 golf, uh, the golf, golf world, golf people attend. Uh, just a massive, massive event. I've had the pleasure to go probably five of the last seven or eight years and uh, looking forward to heading up to Orlando next week and uh, attending the PGA show. It's going to be great. It's always great. And it starts on Tuesday with Demo Day at Orange National uh, Country Club outside Orlando and, uh, and all the new technology and clubs and whatnot uh, all outside are, uh, are there. And all the big name manufacturers from Titleist on are there. And just an exciting day. And then it's uh, at the the rest of the, the next three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, are inside the Orange County Convention Center with lots of events surrounding it. So just a spectacular show. And the golf world will be reunited next week. And uh, everybody and anybody who has anything to do with golf, such as myself, having covered numerous tournaments over the year, including the Greg Norman Classic just uh, – few weeks back down in Naples that I covered, uh, will be in attendance. So now, let's take our break, and next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. 
Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always, and when last we spoke uh, last Monday, of course, it was the day of the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia, and AP, it turned out to be quite the game, and the fourth quarter was memorable, as was generally the whole game, so dying to get your thoughts on that one. Yeah, John, you know, looking at the game, it started off uh, Georgia's quarterback, Stetson Bennett, the fourth. He was having trouble against Alabama. Right. They weren't moving the football, and both teams uh, had to settle for field goals. I believe it was nine to six at the half. It was a field goal contest. And Georgia's defense was moving very quickly with a purpose, much better than the SEC championship game where they were just stifled by Alabama's offensive line. Their linebackers were diagnosing the play and getting to the ball carrier and their defensive line was disruptive. And Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama, was moving uh, to the mostly to the right and different places to escape the rush. So they created some havoc and I, I think I don't know, maybe a lot of people possibly turned off the game by halftime, John, nine to six. I mean no touchdowns, but Right. Uh, the second half, the Georgia court, you know, the Georgia quarterback had half a dozen or seven or eight throws that made a difference. He, he played much better. Uh, Alabama came up with that fortuitous fumble by Stetson Bennett the fourth, where it was looked like it was coming out of his hands on the sack, but they ruled it a fumble. And in branch number fourteen of Alabama, he kind of casually just grabbed it right before it. Went out of bounds and they were able casually to casually is the word. I had the same down. thought. Yeah, yeah, casually did sure. And then Alabama, the tight end, eighty-one caught a touchdown pass, but he also missed one on the third down. That was kind of crucial. So with ten minutes left or so, Alabama's ahead, uh, and then things changed around. Georgia had a big run and a, a long touchdown pass, and the game came down to the last possession. I think it was three thirty on the clock. Alabama had the football, plenty of time. Some timeouts, they moved the ball to around the 40-yard line. And the next two plays are just baffling to me. Uh, as I said, describing the 54 seconds to about 40-yard line with timeouts, 
you're, you're making progress with your 8 to 10 yard passes, stopping the clock uh, when you're making the first down. But all of a sudden, they decided to heave it down the right sideline and it was not completed. And then the, the next play, I think it was consecutively, it was down to the left side, and that pass was intercepted in return for a, a, a touchdown that really sealed the game, I believe. Right. So Alabama ended up losing to Georgia, uh, 33 to 18. Um, my, my feeling at the end of the ball game was this is very exciting because the last team had the chance to tie. Uh, I was thinking to myself, what would be the two point conversion play that Alabama might call? But it never got to that point. And Georgia prevailed and uh, with their first championship since 1980. Um, and, uh, you know, there was, a, was quite a celebration, and the Georgia folks, they exercised all those demons in the last 41 years. They sure did, AP, and that interception you referred to will live in Georgia lore forever, uh, as will the long pass from Stetson Bennett as well to kind of get them back in the game when, you know, following that fumble, when all kind of was starting to look lost again. But it was a great game. Uh, the fourth quarter, I thought, was just downright epic. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, attending, being at an establishment that really, for me, AP, and you can appreciate this, was a real like wake-up call. Not that I needed one, as to college football in the South. It was here in Florida, of course, and uh, they did not have a horse in the race. Uh, meaning the Gators weren't playing, and but yet the place was absolutely packed. It was an official Alabama viewing party, which was cool. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama is still ringing in my head, which was played basically uh, after every other play. And, uh, but it was so impressive. And then just tons of George fans there to boot. Um, and just a tremendous atmosphere to watch the game and, uh, to say the least. And so, yeah, again, it was for me just a really, uh, you know, good reminder of college football in the South and what a big deal it is. And it doesn't really matter who's playing, but it certainly helps that it was two SEC teams playing, uh, you know, down here in the, in SEC country and, so it was great, AP, uh, in that regard, just a great atmosphere. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, Alabama, Georgia. I, I, I don't. I think there's an utter consensus. They were the best two teams. There was no doubt about it. They seemed like they were on a collision course. So. Georgia talked big time after the SEC tight championship game that they lost to Alabama uh, about wanting a second chance, and they got it. So just a really good end to the college football season. I think the CFP was very happy, college football playoff committee, to see a competitive game. I really do. Yeah, I think the other, uh, a few other points I wanted to remember about the game, John, was Alabama lost Jamison Williams, their All-American wide receiver, who was averaging, Correct. I think, for the season around 21 yards. I, I think that's an Alabama record. Right. Uh, and once he went down, they didn't have that speed on the outside that could overcome any defensive back or a pair of defensive backs. And Georgia might put a uh, place on the outside to guard him because he was that sensational during the entire season. Um, but they, 
inserted some freshmen who hadn't played very much, and they made some plays, but they also dropped a few. And right. so that was a difference. And they were already missing John Meshi, another 1,000-yard receiver, John, for Alabama. He had close to 100 receptions. So oh, Alabama this year had a quarterback who threw, threw for about 4,800. That was a record. Uh, you know, 40, I think it was 47 touchdowns. That was a record. Had a running back with 1,000 yards and two 1,000-yard wide receivers. That was a record all in, in the same season. I've, I've been around when they had the 1,000-yard receiver and two 1,000-yard running backs and a very good quarterback. But this is the first time that those numbers have been reached with a, on the offensive side for Alabama. And then the other memorable moment besides the interception was the leap in the air by Kirby Smart on the sideline. Oh, yeah. And then the, the play after telling him to get down on the ground and then cheering him on when he raced down the sideline, 70 plus yards for the uh, touchdown that clinched the victory. Yes, and of course, Kirby Smart had never beaten Nick Saban. Kirby Smart was his assistant for years and went to Georgia. Right. They played some great games here recently uh, and postseason games. And, uh, and yeah, you could see his uh, just unbridled joy. And, and then just to close it out, AP, you know, Stetson Bennett, say what you will, but, you know, just a great story. You know, walk on, dreamed of playing at Georgia, never gave up on the dream, went to Georgia, left, came back on scholarship the second time around. And and in the end, he delivered, which was really, you know, just a nice story, for, to say the least, for him. You know, America loves those kind of oh, underdog oh. comeback stories. Oh, yeah, John, you could probably have a, a headline, and I don't know if I saw one last week, but walk-on quarterback beats the Heisman Trophy winner. There you go. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, especially for him, you know, coming off that crazy fumble play that you talked about with the Alabama guy so casually chasing it, if you even want to use the word chase, sort of lumbering after it. Right. And, uh, and then, yeah. to his credit, he got his feet in bounds and, you know, or his foot and, you know, had the ball in, pos- in his possession. But it almost felt like he was just, again, just kind of completing it and the ball bounced up to him. So he grabbed it and lo and behold, it was a fumble. And for Stetson Bennett to recover from that was pretty impressive because that's the kind of thing that could have just, you know, uh, done him in, shall we say. Yeah, John, I mean, really, when you watch the play, the defensive back from Alabama branch, uh, like you said, he lumbered over there just like he was in practice and trying to pick up the ball so the coach wouldn't have to get, get exactly it and well turn it to the drill. I mean, yeah. that, that's what it felt like to me. I, totally, you're, I you're, couldn't you're believe in the it. Backyard, yeah, yeah, the errant pass, and he didn't want it to go over the fence or into the street. And you said, okay, let me stop it here. I can get this. We'll continue with the drill or or our play in the backyard. But uh, I. I haven't seen many of those in college football. Normally, people are hustling after something, even if they're not certain. But that wasn't the case. And uh, but Alabama took advantage of that play. But Stetson Bennett, the fourth to his credit, came back and was voted the MVP of the ball game after really having a lot of stumbles early in the game. Yeah, and that place, AP, uh, you know, was again, so casually done that 
nobody thought it was a fumble. Nobody, including myself, including maybe the, right. the Alabama player who grabbed it. Uh, it just when they actually, you know, started looking at it as a fumble, I think everybody was in shock. Everybody. I know I was. <laughs> Because uh, it just didn't look like, you know, we all know what a fumble looks like. And, you know, you have players diving in like they're after a pot of gold or something. And uh, and for <laughs> that to occur the way it did, it just really shocked everybody. And even when they started, you know, reviewing it and stuff, you just thought, well, just no way, just no way. And even when they showed his foot inbounds, I still thought, like, it still can't be, you know. And then you get back to... <laughs> You know, it actually coming out of Bennett's hands, that type of thing. But crazy play, crazy game. Um, but again, you know, uh, the SEC delivered. And they just showed why they're just the dominant conference in college football. They just are. Uh, you, you know, these two teams were just a cut above everybody this year, as they are, frankly, in many years. Certainly Alabama is and Georgia to a large degree as well. And, you know. It resembled an NFL game because a lot of these players are going to be playing on Sunday. That's for darn sure. Yeah, yeah, John. They're big, fast, powerful, and and that's the the defensive line that I'm speaking about primarily that separates the SEC from all the other companies. You're right. You're absolutely right. When I think of linemen being drafted by the NFL, I always think of uh, for the defensive line, key position especially pass rushers. And I always think of, you know, the SEC guys that are always at the top of the top of the board to say the least. Um, well, AP hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment together. Still a whole lot more to get to, which we'll do on the other side. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. 
Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment we talked about, of course, the epic Alabama-Georgia National Championship game last Monday night, and now it's time to move into this past weekend's uh, games, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, and uh, AP, some good games, some not-so-good games. We'll start with a not-so-good game, uh, which, of course, was the Bills, Buffalo Bills dominating the New England Patriots in a true, true beatdown. But Mac Jones, who you covered, who you know so well, uh, nobody in New England is hanging the loss on him, AP. It was all about... Josh Allen and the Bills offense dominating the Patriots defense. Uh, but let's first start with Mac Jones. I thought the key play of the game was early, his first drive. He he was bringing it in the early part of that drive to start the game after they were down 7 nothing, And then Micah Hyde intercepted that pass in the end zone. And it, frankly, was all downhill from there, <laughs> to say the least. But I just thought it changed the tide of the game. I I never in a million years thought it was intercepted. It seemed like an optical illusion. It was only, was it a catch or was it an incompletion? It was, there, were, there was no third possibility of it being an interception. And, and I think Mac Jones and probably everybody else kind of thought the same thing. And from there on, it just became a rout. But Mac Jones, you know, played as he has played all year. Solid. He had two picks, but... Again, nobody's in New England's hanging the loss on Mac Jones by any means or hanging it on the defense big time. Right. Yeah, John, um, you know, Mac, I thought, was pretty efficient early in the ball game, and that pass was perfect on target, and the defender just made a tremendous leap at the proper angle, and he had the good hands to make the reception and, you know, stop that drive because that was a touchdown pass if I ever saw one. I'm still, when I watch it in replay, it still looks like a touchdown pass to me. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I I thought it was a catch by Nelson Aguilar, for sure. Again, optical illusion, uh, at least on TV, that's the way it looked. It was crazy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then, you know, so defensively, the Patriots, I, I, I guess Buffalo never punted down. Two games in a row, AP, they never punted. They didn't punt in Gillette Stadium a yeah. few weeks back either. That's like crazy statistic wow. there. Yeah, they've got your number, it seems like, even though the Patriots upset them the first time where Mac only threw 
three passes. They ran the ball with such efficiency. Uh, but Josh Allen, he was terrific, and he was uh, pretty much perfect in the ball game with his throws and that weather, two or three degree weather, very cold and right. some wind, I guess, in right. Buffalo. Uh, I mean, we know that he's, I think he's from California, but he played at Wyoming. So that's not his first rodeo <laughs> in the cold <laughs> weather. He played for the Cowboys, right? Exactly Cowboys, right, yeah. AP. And, you know, it's funny. I didn't know he was from California uh, until Saturday morning, the morning of the game. Literally, I mean, I knew, of course, he went to Wyoming and obviously plays in Buffalo. I just assumed he was a cold-weather quarterback, but I was hearing some of the statistics, which I kind of knew that his record wasn't stellar in cold weather like you would expect of a Bills quarterback. But uh, but he showed up and showed out, and he is now an utter superstar. I had no idea he was such a good runner. I, I mean, I, I've been picking it up more and more lately, but he was next level. And to me, the other play that set the tone for the game was – I believe it was the first series when Matt Judon, the excellent Patriots linebacker and pass rusher, was on the field, and Josh Allen took off, and it looked to me like Judon had the angle, and Judon, of course, is the one who wears the red sleeves, very distinctive, and uh, and it looked like he had the angle, and I thought he had the speed, and I didn't know Josh Allen was that fast, but Josh Allen blew right by him for a large gain. And, you know, that just set the tone for the night uh, on, you know, with the Bills had the, the ball the way that the Bills defense set the tone with that interception. Um, so, yeah, again, either Josh Allen's much faster than I realized or Judon's a little slower than I realized. But when I saw him blow by him, I was like shocked. And again, Allen basically had his way the rest of the night, it seemed. Yeah, John, like, it's, like you said, when you're one of your best defenders, mobile, good speed, is beaten by the quarterback, there's, your defense is, is really, uh, they're put in a, in a perilous position because how are you going to stop this quarterback? You've got to corral him. It takes more than one person. We don't have anyone that could run him down. And so that means you have to have more than one person successful when you're rushing the passer. Like I said, you're going to have to corral him uh, with several. And if that doesn't happen, there's an open lane. He's going to take advantage and win that battle every time. Yeah, and I don't know who closes on who closed on quarterbacks better than Judon throughout the year. Uh, you know, when he got a quarterback in his sights, he always closed, you know, sealed the deal and closed quickly and. I think there was probably a bit of a collective slump from Judon and his defensive teammates, slump of the shoulders, I should say, of like, oh boy, <laughs> if this guy can do that to him, uh, yeah, right. they're telling what he'll do. And and I want to mention also, you mentioned Josh Allen played, in effect, a perfect game, and and the statistics bear it out. I think a perfect game QB rating is 158.3, and I think he was 157.3 six or something like that just crazy in <laughs> two degree weather like you said that's insane right, right. seven possessions yeah. seven touchdowns until they kneeled down at the end or it would have been certainly a perfect no punts as we discussed 
just insane and clearly uh you know the the patriots no longer own the afc east i think that is a safe statement the bills have now won it two in a row two years in a row and yeah uh of course got the playoff victory on saturday night to really really put the exclamation point on how times have finally changed once and for all in the afc east yeah, and they have one of the better quarterbacks in that league, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, because no doubt he, he's he can a superstar. play in that cold, cold weather. Yeah, uh, which there's you know eight or nine games a year playing at home plus the playoff games if you hold serve, and so that's that's a huge advantage for them. Huge, absolutely, absolutely. AP, just moving on, I have to ask you your thoughts on the ending of the Cowboys-Niners game, where, of course, basically the Cowboys failed to hand the ball to the ref to let him restart the play, and uh, the clock ran out after Dak Prescott's scramble, I believe, (laughs) ill-advised. The play started with 14 seconds to go, and... A reflection of their year, AP undisciplined. They had 14 penalties, 14 yesterday, and then the play at the end was just a debacle and just a classic, a fitting end to their non-disciplined approach throughout the year. Yeah, I don't see how you can have all those people on offense. Pretty good receiving core, I believe. Right, Amari Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott running back. Yeah, Amari Cooper was good receiver from Alabama, plays for the Cowboys, and Jack Peck Scott with a big contract, and you're starting the game slow at home as a, as a, a playoff representative. I, I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, people, for some reason, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, there's not much in the middle. People have a strong opinion either way. I think he's a, he's a good NFL quarterback. I like Me him. Me too. He throws the football. I and everybody associated with New England, uh, you know, love Jimmy Garoppolo. And now all of a sudden, the the very enticing possibility of uh, the Packers go in, or excuse me, the Niners going to beat the Packers, very possible. The Saturday night, nobody wants to play the Niners, that's for sure. They're just that type of team. And if they go in and beat the Packers and Lambeau on Saturday night, then the Bucks beat whoever the winner of tonight's game is. Then the Bucks are hosting the NFC Championship uh, in Tampa, of course. And uh, it would be Jimmy G against Tom Brady. And how good would that be? <laughs> I mean, that's the next best thing to it Belichick would. versus Brady. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It sure is. Yeah, I'd like to see that. That would be really cool. Oh, I'd love cool. to see that. And, oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, it would be great. Uh, yeah, certainly, I'm already rooting for it, and I just, and I'm root- I, I believe that they have a chance to uh, to to make that happen. Given uh, they're the Niners are like beasts, you know, they run the ball on the most important play of the game with Debo Samuel on fourth down. Who you know, who else does that? Nobody does that. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, that, that was it, right. I'm glad you brought that play. That was that was phenomenal. I love that play. It was like a. Me too. It's reverse play or going one direction, I think, or coming to the left, pitching yes. him going to the right. And then, John, he, he is so difficult to tackle. He's, I think he's, he's only the most exciting. Like about six foot, six foot and 215, right. 220, but I'm telling you, he looks like a fullback with speed to me. 
I think he's the most exciting player in the NFL, you know, and the more I see him, the more I'm impressed and dazzled by him, but never more so than the play call to just put the ball in his hands. That was the smart decision right there. But then the actual play call, like you said, misdirection to the other side. And, you know, he had had that earlier touchdown in the game where he just turned on the Jets and blew right up the middle of the field for like 30, 40 yard touchdown. And he is just really special to say the least. What a weapon. John, that, that play at the end where he made the reverse on the pitch and he fell short and they remarked it. Is that correct? They remarked it and they went forward the on down and didn't make that, it. That was a sign of crazy things qu- to come. Quarterbacks. That play. Yeah, it was, yeah, quarterback sneak, right? They didn't make a couple inches. Yes, but I will say I, I loved, you know, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback sneaker of all time. And I loved when Tony Romo, right. I believe it was, said, you know, he went to the Tom Brady school of quarterback sneaking. And in fact, Garoppolo was 30, 25 for 25 on quarterback sneaks. And I just thought that was, it, that just brought a smile to my face because I've always been a big believer, a big proponent of Brady's. Yes. Uh, shall we say, hidden talent of, of being the greatest quarterback sneaker in the history of the NFL, if not football in general. Um, well, AP, uh, why don't we take our last break? Still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's conclusion to Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL playoffs, Cardinals at the Rams from SoFi Stadium, and which will be the site of the Super Bowl, by the way. And AP, we were talking NFL playoffs in our previous segment, so why don't we just continue on? Should be a great game tonight. Uh, both teams kind of stumbled to the finish line, but one of them's going home and one of them's going to coming to Tampa Bay <laughs> for next Sunday at 3 o'clock, by the way. Um, it'll be a great game to watch, given the stakes, no matter what. Oh, yeah, two exciting quarterbacks, and I think that the pressure is more on Matthew Stafford, I think, to win for the totally. Rams than it is Tyler Murray for Arizona. I agree a thousand percent on that. It's all on Matt Stafford. They brought him in for this very game, yet recently he's been given up picks in general, pick sixes in particular. He, uh, you know, after a fast start to the season, it just... Uh, Hasn't been going well of late, and the Cardinals as a team, uh, a really fast start to the season, and now they've uh, you know come back to earth a little bit. So both teams have a lot to prove tonight. One of them is going to be very happy, and the, the, whatever occurred at the end of the season won't have mattered because they'll be moving on. For the other team, it's going to, uh, like the Patriots losing four of the last five, it's going to end up being like, that's sort of what happened in the last half, last quarter of the season uh, to the loser. So, AP, one of the things I'm looking forward to tonight is Aaron Donald, the consensus best defensive player in the NFL, although T.J. Watt might have something to say about that these days. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to slip that in there after his scoop and score last night which was the only highlight of the night yeah. for the Steelers. But anyway, <laughs> um, but Aaron Donald chasing around <laughs> Kyler Murray is, uh, could just be, you know, great theater. And, oh, by the way, I think J.J. Watts, speaking of Watts, uh, may be coming back. I think he was activated. So he may be coming back after a few months away. And wouldn't that be interesting for the Cardinals' uh, defensive line? But anyway, a yeah, uh, Aaron Donald chasing Kyler Murray around the field is uh, could be spectacular theater if it turns out that way. Oh, yeah. And, John, aren't those both of those quarterbacks, weren't they the first pick of the draft, the entire draft, both of them? Yes. Or no? I believe so. I, certainly <laughs> Murray was. was. I'm, not, I'm not sure about Aaron Donald, yeah. but he was very high. If he wasn't one. No, oh, oh no, no, I'm, I'm, no, no. I mean Matthew Stafford was it? Was oh, Matthew Stafford the first players selected absolutely. in the draft? Or, absolutely. One hundred percent. So those are both not, number one picks opposing each other at the quarterback position. 
Yeah, exactly. And Aaron Donald, he I, I love to watch him play. He he's so active, and he's not the tallest person or the biggest defensive lineman, but he is so effective with his quickness and his ability to to make a play. When you turn on the film, you're saying, "Who is that fellow? Who oh, is yeah. he?" I mean, you don't have to watch it very long, and he's after the quarterback or. Uh, nailing the running back for a loss, tackles for a loss. I mean, I, I think he's – and he's done that as soon as he answered the league. Absolutely. From day one, he's been a star, and he's a beast. And it's going to be fun to watch that game tonight. And speaking of fun to watch a game, AP, I thought that the weekend got off to a great start with the Cincinnati Bengals – hanging on to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, went down to the final play. Derek Carr was intercepted at about the three-yard line uh, to end the game and give the Bengals their first playoff win in 31 years. Um, great game. But, AP, I was surprised because the pass, it was fourth down. The guy would have caught it. If it wasn't intercepted and he caught it, it would have been at about the two-yard line, and they still would have lost the game. So I'm still waiting to see right. sort yeah, of like the, the end zone. Yeah, yeah, I'm still waiting to see like the aerial view, for lack of a better word, of what what other receivers may have been in the end zone and whether or not they were open at any point. But nonetheless, great ending uh, down to the final play. And Joe Burrow and his former LSU receiver uh, Jamar Chase—they're quite a duo, I can tell you right now. They're, they're uh, oh my a gosh, great pass combination. One of the best. In years, you know, early, so both so early in their career. Um, no, they've been fun to watch. I, I like Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow. I think you do, too. I, I root for the guy, given his backstory, no different than Stetson Bennett. Ohio kid, went to Ohio right. State, never got on the field, transfers to LSU, and now he's a state hero. <laughs> um, and always will be. He sure is. Yeah, but oh, now he's back forever. in Ohio oh, and yeah. doing his thing there. So I love it. Full circle. Yeah, and John, I think it's something different in this era of football. It's probably happened in the last, oh, I don't know, you say 10, 15, 20 years. Young quarterbacks can win championships. Oh, yes. They're so advanced now when they come into the league. It's it's nice to see. It really is. Um, well, AP, it's going to be fun uh, to watch the NFL playoffs tonight and then the divisional round coming up over the weekend. Uh, this is what we live for. So, want to thank you as always for calling in. Great perspective and expertise as always, and uh, much appreciated. My pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, and thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.